And one uh, last Monday was Veterans Day, and we didn't thank our veterans then, but we want to thank you for your service today. We have Chris that just came back, and we have Kaleo who was in my uh, favorite unit because my dad was in it, the 442. And um, Alan Koho, who just passed away, was a Marine. And if there's any others, we would like to thank you for your service for us to protect and watch over us, risk your lives for us. And, I'll, you know, I've been talking about the how do we know God in trials. Again, it seems like there's so many trials right now at this time. And uh, it's, it seems that God especially in the beginning, to show you that he's real and he loves you, he'll, he'll do some miracles. But after that, he kind of, most of the time, lets us go through those trials. And all the apostles went through trials. In fact, none of them died a natural death. Okay, why would he do that? And let me, let me give you this scripture first. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. You know, again, I've read this scripture so many times. But what has been really hitting me lately is how can you trust in the Lord with all your heart if you don't know if he loves you? You don't trust somebody unless you know that they care about you that they love you. And so it all goes back again, first of all, for this, is to know that he loves us. Everything, that's the foundation of foundations, is that he loves us. And then you can trust in him. I mean, to trust in him with all your heart and not lean on your own understanding, your, like your understanding is, says, I should do this. And the word of God, or God speaks to you and says to do this. It takes trust that you know he loves you and he has plans and purposes for your life that are good. And we have to know that. The more we know that, the more we can allow him to direct our paths and the more we will see that happen because he gives us that free will and choice. And we don't have to. And he doesn't force us. But then his plans and purposes, if we want to see them, is to, is to follow him. And it's a especially hard when we're in a severe trial that we don't understand. We don't understand. Uh, my daughter sent me this from, she gets Bob Goff's uh, Facebook, I guess, post. We shouldn't be surprised when we don't understand what a God who says he surpasses all understanding is doing. And he's, he surpasses all Understanding, so we shouldn't be surprised if he's asking us to do things we don't understand because we're like peanut brains compared to him. And so don't be surprised. And God doesn't bring any bad things or sin in our life. He doesn't want that for us. But people, he gave free choice, so in that way he does allow it. And people choose bad things. And um, he doesn't force us to do that. And also now we're learning that what the Bible has always said. 
that sin is passed down to the third and fourth generation. Now, by the, with the study of epigenetics, that has just been really recent that the scientists have found that, yeah, it's, it's passed down, down in our DNA. Good and the bad is passed down in our DNA. And so you have these things being passed down. And um, so you have these bad things that start happening in our lives. But what God promises is that if we stick with him, he will work them all out for good. And like I say, he's, he's proven that to me. And one of, uh, what I want to show you is uh, like a really big trial for some people is... Uh, well, you know what the world thinks about Christians. One is judgmental, which shouldn't be at all. We shouldn't be judging anybody. <laughs> Two is that we're anti-gay and lesbian, or LTBGQ, uh, et cetera, et cetera now. That we're anti that. Well, how do we handle it when the Bible says that Marriage should be between one man and one woman. And how would somebody who has that tendency feel that God loves me? You know, if God loves me, why did he give me this tendency or desire and then tell me it's bad and I can't get it? Well, like I say, God didn't give it to them, but it's, he allowed it in that sense. And he's not taking it away Although he could, he allows them to go through this. And it's one of the most difficult things, I think, for Christians and for the world to understand. But I want to show you how this really difficult thing is, is about God's love, if we follow him. So I, I want to show you this video. And, you know, again, what, even what the devil meant for evil, God is all-powerful, can turn it for good if we're willing to stick with him through all of these things and see how his plans and purposes come to pass. And I want you to watch how, how God, not judgmentally, not hatefully, but lovingly, tenderly, patiently led, in the video you'll see two lesbians and a homosexual that started coming to a church. How God lovingly, tenderly, patiently led them to a complete change in identity. What could be a bigger trial? An act of faith in God than to change the identity of who you are into something completely different. But I want you to listen to these people as they do this. I grew up in Houston, and I grew up in a, in a Christian home, and uh, I accepted Christ at a very young age, probably four or five. I, um, my childhood um, upbringing in the church was a very positive one. I, um, the church I grew up in was very different than Gateway. Uh, it was a very rigid church. It emphasized um, Bible teaching and obtaining Bible knowledge um, over a personal rela relationship with Christ, and certainly over community. It was. Um, Looking back, it kind of uh, lacked joy. It certainly lacked authenticity. 
and um, uh, I knew it was not a safe place to express uh, any doubts or, or to share your struggles. Um, my first real um, test of my Christian faith came at about age 16 when I recognized uh, my same-sex attraction. And I struggled with this um, terribly um, because I knew what the Bible had to say. Uh, I, I'd been taught from a very young age um, what it had to say about sex outside marriage, uh, what it had to say about same-sex relations, and uh, I couldn't figure out how this could be compatible with the way that I felt. Um, I had a boyfriend all through high school, and uh, I was struggling uh, to deal with the increasing desires um, to be outside that relationship and in relationship with uh, the girls that I knew. I, um, I longed for a chance to escape uh, and get far away from my Christian home and my hometown and family uh, so that I could wrestle away from them uh, with this uh, with this struggle. And I, I moved to California in uh, after high school. And uh, just within months of starting college, I, I fell deeply in love with a woman. And uh, we, moved, we started a relationship w that would last nearly 10 years. And it was a healthy relationship. Um, she was a Christian woman, and we desired uh, very much to um, grow in our faith together. And we uh, stepped out to, to look for a church. Um, that was a constant struggle and would be for the 10 years we were together, um, trying to find a church that didn't compromise its Bible teaching, where we could grow, but yet that would accept us just as we were. You wanted both? We wanted both. Mm -hmm. And we, we really never found that. And um, that, that, uh, that led us to look for ways to grow outside of the church. Um, uh, we moved around for about a 10-year period of time as I uh, uh, completed my, my medical training. And with each place we moved, we'd look for a church and we'd fail. And I, um, uh, I, our life was busy and full. Um, we had a child together. And I just used the hecticness of our life as, as really just an excuse not to get involved in the church. But really, it was fear. I just didn't fit in there. And um, we, um, you know, during all these years, I, I, I secretly just really struggled with my desire. Uh, and I talked to God about that a lot. Um, it usually ended up with me just getting really angry with him. And why would you create me this way? Why would I have this desire? It just seems so unfair. And so basically, um, uh, I felt too weak to really deal with that with God. And I just put it on the back burner and thought maybe there would be a day that I would bring that back up and he and I would, would work through that. But I wasn't really sure. Uh, I just knew at that time um, I didn't have the strength. And that relationship ended, and I, I moved to Austin in 2002. And um, I came to Gateway, actually, in a new relationship, just starting, and just looking for a safe place to be. Um, my son at that time was five, and I wanted a place where he would feel accepted, and his family would not be judged, and where we could just explore the scriptures and, and really find community. We longed for just a place to belong. Mm. What you guys? Uh, I grew up in the military family. Uh, family moved around a lot, but um, I uh, was the only child. Um, my family was very strict, and my dad was pretty mean. I mean, it was pretty serious all the time. Um, uh, very physical abuse and verbal abuse was pretty, pretty pronounced. Uh, I was always reminded when my dad was mad how worthless I was, and sometimes what an asshole you are to the rest of the world. These words pretty hard. It hit pretty hard, and you kind of have to live with it every single day. Um, 
um, one of the things um, I remembered was uh, uh, just how it terrified me, uh, you know, afraid to live, live my life. Life was always under fear, under mm. stress all the time. Um, I, uh, as I got older, I uh, was uh, very depressed, and I, I actually ran into a base chaplain, and that's when I first encountered Christ, uh, knowing that he loves me, and it was kind of like a kind of open door of hope for me. Uh, another f factor is, as a, near my adolescent years, uh, I was kind of very timid and shy, and one of the things that timid and shy people do for some people is uh, I'm a big attraction for bullies. And uh, during that time, I was uh, involved in the activity that you go camping outdoors. And uh, uh, one of the times, some of the, one of the bullies I knew in school came directly at me and uh, forced me to have oral sex with him. And it was repeated in a period of times and to the point where he even threatened to tell his friends, his schoolmates, about what he's done to me and what he made me do. And I even had to surrender my allowance at times. How old were you? 11 years old, hmm. 11 years old. And during that time, um, uh, uh, my dad got orders. We got, we were, I was so glad to leave that situation. But at the same time, I struggled with, you know, emotionally with all of this, the baggage, just dealing with this uh, experience. Um, as I got older, um, um, I started to, uh, um, I started to uh, identify myself more as gay, and uh, got into, was involved in the gay world, more community-wise, and then, um, and I slowly became active, so I became slightly on the activist side. And uh, especially when there was a religious tension involved, I was, uh, I found myself more and more involved because it was, it was, I think it was my way to fight back bullies. Hmm. And I just thought just that spirituality was pure. That's interesting, bullies. the bullies became Christian bullies. Yes. Ironic. Yes. Ironic, yeah. Um, I got involved in a relationship uh, for a few years and uh, uh, it fell apart, and during that time, it fell apart. I, uh, I really, it was dead, devastated me very much, to the point that I, I think internally I got the message from my dad that I was worthless, and I thought, oh God, I failed you too. So, I uh, attempted suicide and tried to hang myself on a tree, and uh, amazingly, the branch broke. And during that time, when I was on the ground, I looked up and. It's the first time I really sensed God grieved. And uh, at that time, um, I said, okay, God, you know, whatever you have for me, I'll, I'll listen, show me, just show me. Mm -hmm. So one day at the gym, I was working out, and uh, amazingly, some Christian, uh, I won't say what sector, but anyway, they, they, kind of, they were bull so much of a spiritual bully came up and just told me, spirit, you know, just say, you know, God hates your, your style of people. And I was ready. I was ready to fight. <laughs> but what was so interesting? I remember you told you told me that you said, "Look, God, this is why I keep running away yeah, from this." Yes, yeah. pretty much. And this time I was I was ready to report the manager had these guys out out of the gym. But there was a guy named Jeff Roberts from uh, this church here. Kind of stepped in. He said, "You know, dude, I'm so sorry about those people, but I don't think that's what God intended to be. But uh, I think he he wanted to show you love and." 
just by his demeanor, just how he carried himself. I saw that this guy really had a transparent, honest relationship with God. So this was what brought me together. And he was a heterosexual male who that's right. became friends with. Right, yes, that's right. And brought you here. How about you, Amy? Um, well, I, you know, John, I, I was raised in a really strict home um, where performance was much more value than relationship was. And by the time I was in college, I was just hungry for connection. I, um, I met a woman in a Bible study that I led, and our relationship grew intimate really quick. And within a couple of weeks, it becoming physical, it just felt like the next right thing. Um, though I loved her deeply, the subject of my same-sex attraction was not an acceptable or even an approachable subject in, in the church that I attended. So I left it. And I left God. Um, that relationship uh, ended about nine years later, and I moved to the Austin area. And I heard this, this radio commercial for this Come As You Are church, and I thought, yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> so my new partner and I... You came I, testing us. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. And so, uh, sure. So my new partner and I, we walk in the building hand in hand, um, you know, really expecting to be rejected. And, um, and we sit down, and, and week by week, we sort of move a little closer to the front and, like, a lot closer to each other, you know? And, um, and, and obviously, I didn't come seeking God. I mean, What'd truly. Well, I mean, honestly, I, I came just to prove that the church people hadn't changed, that they were still the same judgmental and intolerant people of the church in my childhood. So talk now about what your experience has been here at Gateway, but more, more importantly, what God has been doing in your, in your lives since then, which for Robert has been like eight years and yeah. five years. Five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I... Um, a little over one. <laughs> Sweet thing. Um, I, you know, we weren't... I, I mean, I quickly I noticed we weren't stared at. And I wasn't given this kind of list of things to fix and clean up before you come back. And so I even noticed like the building didn't have the same Christian symbols and didn't use the same Christian terminology that felt threatening the church of my childhood. And so, um, so I sat in that chair on the third row and I hid. And God introduced himself to me as a comforter, but I didn't trust him. Instead, I sat there and I expressed my shame and I expressed my anger and I told him about all the times that he had failed me and I told him about all the things I was angry about that he had brought into my life and all the things that he hadn't given me. And again, he introduced himself as this, as this comforter. He, he wanted to comfort me and I refused it. And so he asked if he could just be in the room with me and I was amazed at how God humbled himself how small he was willing to make himself so that I felt safe. And I just, I started hearing messages. You know, I continued to reject him, but I started hearing messages from the front about how, how I was his masterpiece, how God longed for my attention, and how he accepted me right where I was. And it, it started this relationship that I was willing to test a little bit. So I said, all right, you know, if... If you're this great big guy that's willing to become this small, so I feel safe. How about this little sex, same-sex thing I have? 
And I wasn't asking him to take it away. I just wanted to understand more about it. And, and over time, what he revealed to me was that I was looking for completion and for life and for, and, and for comfort in other people and not in him. And so he asked, as, 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 as I continued learning to trust him and draw close to him, if I would let him, if I would com uh, commit myself, my, my heart and my body to him. And you know, odd as it sounds, there was a lot of freedom in that request. Oh, because, well, I, well, because my goodness, I don't have to decide who I need to date and like when's the right time to start having sex and all that. Like I, he got to decide that. And, and, you know, I haven't been in a same-sex relationship for over five years. And it's not that I don't struggle with that. Um, the thing that I struggle with today is an eating disorder that I've practiced for 21 years. And you can guarantee I fought not practicing it this week and pre preparing for this. <laughs> because it's just been about a year ago, really, that I've invited God into that. And just a couple of weeks that I've started kind of inviting you church people into it. And apparently now there's a few thousand people invited into it. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I mean, and your welcoming is like I'm already seeing freedom from that. And, and really, again, God is coming and saying, can I just be in the room of this? Will you just let me meet you where you are? Hmm. That's true for all of us, isn't it? Yeah. How about you guys? What, what uh, experience coming here and what's I mean, God done in your life? Uh, one of the things uh, I, I, I listened to her story, I realized that the aspect is I was struggling with affirmation, really affirmation, which most kids get that mm -hmm. I didn't consider that I have. But uh, there was a group of people that were playing volleyball, uh, Christian people, who cordially didn't even really know me, but wanted to get to know me. He says, why don't you come join us playing volleyball? And uh, me, you know, I feel like I'm one of those... Uh, last one picked on the team kind of people. Sincerely, yeah. But to be asked to come play was, it was a big shock, shock for me. It's like, oh, wow, you want me? Mm. And I'm thinking, I can't play volleyball. No way. <laughs> but as uh, soon as I, I got par participated, I, I ended up finding myself really getting into this spiking. You were competitive. Oh, <laughs> and, and our team won. You know? it was just, uh, and everybody was cheering on. And what, what made me realize is these Christian people really valued me. They mm -hmm. talked to me. They included me in. And I, I felt affirmed. I felt supported. I felt that. Through them, God fairly valued me. And over the eight years that we've known each other and talked about this, um, you've told me often that how important it is, especially for males, to, to affirm you as a male, right? right, and, right. and that, that is, there's something good and healing in that, right? Yeah, there's good. There's very good healing that. I have met a lot of heterosexual males who weren't afraid to deal with me, you know, and just mm. support me, encourage me, just be my friend. Mm -hmm. Just call me up. Hey, dude, what's going on? Just relationally, mm -hmm. it was great. Uh, now, my struggles didn't have, uh, wasn't there without any setbacks. I had some, I had some setbacks, uh, but at the same time, uh, it was it, during that setbacks, I really had to lean into God and lean into what He told me, uh, you know, with His love and His grace. And during that time, also, He also gave me a scripture. It was in Isaiah 43:4. And it just speaks about how precious I am to him, and he loved me. Hmm. And that, how about I mean, you, Renee? Um, well, when I came to Gateway, it wasn't perfect. Um, 
but uh, it, was, it was as safe as an environment as I'd ever felt before in church. And uh, my partner and I at the time both had some church wounds, and we largely for the first few years just kind of stayed on the periphery of the church. Um, but over the next five years, my, my faith grew and my desire to pursue God and what His true will was for my life um, just began to grow. And a real turning point for me came in about 2007 um, when I realized one day that I'd really accomplished everything in my life that I had set out to accomplish in my youth. And I was not content. I, I didn't have a peace inside that I imagined I would have when I'd achieved success by all the world's standards. Um, I had a successful career. I was living in the city I always wanted to live in. Um, you know, I had good health. I had friends, family. Everyone was supportive of me. Something was missing. And I just looked. I mean, I had the house I wanted, the car I wanted, the bike I wanted. I had, I had the kid I wanted. I mean, I had everything. And, and there was an empty spot inside of me that was just longing to be filled. And I truly didn't know what it was all about. But I, I knew it was spiritual, and I knew that something must not be right between me and God, or I would have that peace. And so I just started asking God what that was all about. And um, months later, I, I had a moment. Uh, I just kind of withdrew into the closet of my home and sat essentially in a puddle of my own tears and just cried out to God and just asked, can you just show me what it is? Because I don't know. And looking back, it seems like it should be obvious, and you guys <laughs> probably know what it was. But, um, but I had never surrendered my sexuality to God. This thing I put on the back burner was really consuming me, and I didn't even realize it. I had thought I'd found a peace and a, 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 a blending of all of this that was just good, but I hadn't. So uh, my relationship was coming to an end about that point, and, and that's when I realized that he was asking me to surrender this to him. And, it was, um, it's, in some ways it was really freeing. In many ways it was freeing, but it was the scariest thing I'd ever done in my whole life. Mm -hmm. And I felt like uh, God was essentially asking me to, to, to give up my whole identity, everything I had known myself to be and who I was, and just lay myself on an altar and just give myself to Him and surrender. And it was very frightening. Yeah. And I think if I couldn't, really imagine and, and, and really wrap my head around what he has done for me, I would have never been able to do it. And, um, but as I did, as I surrendered that to him, and, and uh, for me this was a step of obedience and faith that I marked with my baptism last summer, July 20th, 08, um, to be obedient from that day forward, to honor God with my body and my relationships. Um, what was so amazing is is we've talked about is, is the joy that came, not just freedom, not, uh, but joy and that peace, that empty spot was filled. Yeah. And it was not just filled, it was overflowing. Yeah. It, 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 was, it was contagious, it was exciting. It was, it was something I just wanted to stand on the rooftops and just share my story yeah. because I'd never ever felt that yeah. kind of freedom before. And, um, or a uh, stage. Stages. <laughs> no, I've never felt the stage before. <laughs> well, I mean, some people would just be saying, but why in the world would you be willing even? Well, I think it was just the, the gradual developing of trust as I gave him one area of my life, as I said, okay, God, you know, my time is not mine, it's yours. Um, my talent is not mine, it's yours. How do you want me to use that? My money's not mine, it's yours. And as I just one by one, 
surrendered each thing, he, he sh and he, and he uh, met me in that space. Mm. Um, he said, this is no different. You can do it with this as well. So you and had seen something in that that yeah. was... I had, I had seen little tastes of what I was looking for, and, and what I really wanted was just outside my reach, and he, w he showed me that this would be that step. Now, I know there are people here, probably gay and straight, who are very skeptical of stories mm -hmm. like this, and, and sure. probably think sure. I somehow cajoled you into all this. Uh, yeah, which is you a didn't? joke, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like this, I, you like cajoled us into yeah, this. Yeah, well, right? being up here, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys aren't even sweating. That's no. not fair. Uh -uh. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, you know, who, who would say, oh, this is, this is going to fail, and what would you say? Skeptical. Well, I don't think God... In every case, miraculously, just turned us out, and you know, some of this is in phases and layers. But uh, one and of not the, without struggle. Not right. without struggle. Not without fight too. There's been times I've fought back and forth. I even even wandered back, you know, back to the gay world. But when I wandered back, one of the things I, I always found out when I did wander back is I can't connect up like I used to. You know, I thought this will be, you know. No, I started to realize God had started something. He rewired some elements inside me and in how I lived live my life and stuff. And all of a sudden, that world just didn't look so good after all. I just thought, you know, there's just something missing here for sure. And just a relationship with God, the love of God, what he provides, the things that I needed, he has provided. And at this day and age, I just decided just... Let me continue my relationship and walk and relationship with others in Christ. And uh, I'm going to say one other statement here. With this journey, for me and any particular person in this spot, I don't like to emphasize this, but if it wasn't for my homosexual struggle, I wouldn't know the relationship with God I have right now. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's good. You know, probably, probably if there are people with same-sex attraction here, they're, they're they might be terrified thinking, oh my gosh, this church is going to try to change me. What would you say to that? Uh, you know, I'll jump all over that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, really what I would say or what I would encourage if, if, if what you're hearing is condone, condoning or despairing, Condemning. 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 Oh, thank you. Condemning. <laughs> I didn't hear you. It's better than that other word. Yeah. I missed the condemning. If it, if it feels condemning, um, I, I mean, none of our stories is, is a, a night that we went to sleep committing something to God and we woke up the next morning with the light off. And woohoo, you know, we're not attracted to same sex. As Robert said, you know, for us, this process has been something that has beautifully kept us in the lap of our Father. And I read this little story this week in preparing for this that talked about um, when a child climbs into their father's lap, the father is just happy. If the, if the child falls asleep or starts playing with a toy or having a conversation with someone else, the father is just happy that the child is there with him. And, and my encouragement, I guess what I would want to say is that wherever it is that you sit in your confusion or anger or hope or despair or feeling of condemnation, 
that you would just invite God into that, invite him into your relationship, invite him into to explain and understand that better. That has been really the, the first step of all of our processes. And it's really true for any of us. We all have areas that we're yeah. afraid to let God into yeah. because quite honestly, our identity's locked up in it. Yeah, and we can't change each other. Yeah, yeah I think that's important to point out is just that this process of change for me was one of, you know, a 20-year process. I mean, I, I talk, started talking to God about this when I was 17, and I, I think it's important to point out to other Christians that it, it, it wasn't because somebody came up to me and showed me the scriptures. I didn't need that. I, I knew where those verses were. And it wasn't because somebody, you know, uh, just repetitively talked about church discipline and things like that. It was God who brings us to this place of change. And I think that he's the only one who can truly change our desires. And he does that by, 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 you know, he's lessening my desire for women, but he's replacing that with a desire to please him. Hmm. And that, that's what motivates my choices now. It's a and positive motivation a rather positive. than a, just a negative it is. motivation. Yeah. I, you know, I will say as we wrap this up, I honestly have not met any heterosexuals with as much faith. That was from a church service in, in Austin, Texas. And uh, again, I, I think it's, it's, you see, it wasn't anything except God loving them. It wasn't what people told them. It wasn't of anything. But, and then also, that's why he says, if, if we love him, then we love one another, because that showed them also. But it was really working with them uh, personally, in their lives. And in the end, they were thankful for this huge trial in their life. They were thankful because they said, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have forced me. And heterosexuals don't have to have that, where they're forced to just trust God and have that relationship with God. And they're thankful for the trial because the relationship they had with God after it was so wonderful and beautiful. And it's, it's really a, see, it's, it's, we need to know the word of God, but it's that personal relationship that when we have that personal relationship with him and more and more then we know his love for us. And maybe little by little, we trust him more and more because we're, of all the things that have happened in our life that keeps us from trusting and more and more we trust him with this and this and see that he's faithful and he loves us through it, then they were finally able to um, give that to him too. And that's really like for all of us. It's trusting, it, it begins, we cannot trust him if we don't know he loves us. And we, as we build our personal relationship with him, like I say, Christianity is not a religion, it's a personal relationship with our God, who wants to spend, he wants to spend that time with us. But a lot of times we're too busy for him to just spend time, like he said, in his presence or invite him into our situation, our presence, and spend time with him. Um, sitting on his lap, just being with him. And as that relationship, love relationship grows, then that trust will come where we can step out in faith and do these things. But again, the foundation of foundation first is to know that he loves us. 
So um, let's pray as the worship team comes up.